Welcome to the LYA Podcast. This is a place for authentic discussion for young adults. We want to provide a commentary, backed by God's Word, to help you thrive in your 20-something years. Let's dive into this week's discussion. What's up, guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the Voyage Podcast. We are coming to you live from Yorktown, Virginia, the place where our nation's independence was won. We are in the studio today, and I am joined by two awesome co-hosts, Chase. What's up, guys? And Gabby. Hello. Gabby is a pastor, right? Gabby, you're a pastor? No, I am not a pastor. I am an occupational therapist. Oh, Chase, you're a pastor, right? Uh, maybe one day, but currently I'm a radiation therapist, so that basically just means that I get to work with cancer patients. Man, so you guys didn't go to seminary. Uh, I'm thinking about it, though. I'm seeing what the Lord wills, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I've always wanted to, but that's just never been something that the Lord has opened up the doors for. All right, well, to be 100% transparent with you guys, I did go to seminary. Uh, so I don't know if that makes me smarter or not. Okay, yes. we get it. We get it. You know a thing or two, David. Yeah. A few thousand so, dollars worth of things. 100%. So, yes. Yeah, so we are starting this podcast uh, because we believe that you don't have to go to seminary to be able to follow Jesus effectively and to be able to speak into different pieces of uh, our life and our faith. And uh, really what we wanted to do and starting this podcast is uh, there's a lot of things that we talk about um, in our young adults ministry, The Voyage, that you can't always fit into a sermon uh, and you can't always uh, fit into a a talk or a gathering, but they're still important and people still have questions about them. So we wanted to try to make a channel uh, to have some of these conversations. And then also just some talks that we've had, you know, sitting around the table at a coffee shop or sitting around, uh, you know, just the church, just chatting, just, man, this is a good talk. I wish that other people could hear this. And then we were like, Oh, it's 2019. We, we could record this. We have the technology. We are not cavemen. We have the power. We have the technical finesse to pull this off. At least I think we do. We'll find out. So, yeah. So, welcome to the first episode uh, of this podcast. And, uh, yeah. So, I think we'll just start out with, uh, Gabby, what's your favorite track on Jesus is King? Oh, um, I only listened to it once. Wow. And I don't really remember any of the tracks. The only two tracks that actually stand out to me are the Chick-fil-A one and then the one he like screams at the end because I was very confused. I mean, like, honestly, like the Chick-fil-A one is the best just because it mentions the Lord's chicken. Let's be honest. Yeah, definitely the best track I think is hands on. So I can tell you guys maybe you should listen to it a few more times. I've li- I've given it like one or two listens. I did like lyrically, though, I will say like overall outside of the not like disrespecting the Chick-fil-A song, but like the album in itself is actually just like a really solid piece. Like scripturally, I don't, at least I haven't been able to think of anything that's very conflicting with it, which it was one of my big points when he announced that this album was coming out. So overall, I need to give it a few more listens, but overall, I think it's a very big start for what I think uh, can be ahead for him. It was very raw. I appreciated that. Mm. So yeah, so that's another uh, good piece and a good time to mention. Uh, On this podcast, we are going to keep everything uh, raw, unedited. What we hope to do is the same thing that 
We hope to communicate in uh, our teaching on Tuesday night. We hope that everything that we communicate to you guys is uh, relevant. It's relevant to your life. It matters. It's not some type of ancient wisdom or useless uh, historical fact that doesn't help you live your life, which leads into practicality. Uh, We hope that everything that we give you on here is practical for your life and that you can start applying it uh, right away or as soon as possible. And we hope that everything is authentic. Uh, We're going to be real with you guys and we're going to talk about where we are on our journey with these things and uh, authentically what we believe uh, about scripture. So that being said, a lot of this stuff that we'll talk about on our podcast is going to be our opinion, our opinion. Sometimes you're trying to follow Jesus and there's not really a verse for that anywhere. So you kind of have to use this thing called discernment, which comes from wisdom, from reading scripture. So um, all of our opinions are not going to be based on scripture because there might not be a scripture for that. Uh, So that being said, like, hey, like we don't know Jesus or sorry, we do know Jesus, but we're not Jesus. We just know him is what I'm trying to say. Um, We got you. you. Yeah. So take that with a grain of salt. So Chase, what are we, uh, what are we talking about? Episode one. So on episode one here, we are going to be talking about who should you date? A question I think every person has hit at least 10 to 15 times in their lifetime, probably at this point. Who should we date? Who are we supposed to be dating in this crazy world? So like, what do y'all see as like who we should date according to like world standards? According to world standards, I think physical attraction is the one that everyone goes to first. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this person's attractive or maybe they're funny or they're good at something. It's kind of more superficial of who makes you happy in this moment and who do you have fun with in this moment. Um, But that's very fickle and very easily like it changes frequently Um, Mm -hmm. because who makes you happy right now might not always be someone that makes you quote unquote happy in the future. Right. David, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I think even just just the way you phrase that, I think is really accurate is uh, who should I date is who makes me happy. And I think inherently yeah. in that, that's really selfish, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because then it's all about it's it's all about what the other person can do for me. It's very yeah. self-serving in nature. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of guys and girls will form a list of requirements that they want the other person to meet. And sometimes... Uh, one, the, the list will be really unrealistic. Uh, like you're almost searching for a unicorn, so to say, uh, and you won't find them. And then on top of that, um, our lists very rarely contain like what God values, you know, or God finds attractive. We kind of live in this um, skewed world, this skewed society where uh, we think we're smarter than God when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, our list often contains things that... Um, are not godly and are not helping us uh, get better, so to say. Yeah, I definitely think those are all like really good points. Um, for myself, I see it as like probably like what you were saying and what well what you both were saying about the like self-serving attitude of it. I mean, like so much of the culture today is designed around like what makes me feel good, what's going to make me feel the best, what's going to get me to my accomplish my dreams in life. And that just implies that the other person's dreams therein don't matter. Mm-hmm. But not saying that like the dreams you have or the dreams of the other person can't or don't play a factor into it. I think it's a very uh, real thing that you have to kind of look at like what is your goal in life and what is the other person's goal in life? Yeah, I think when you look at it of what 
can they do to like who makes me happy? You're looking at it from the standpoint of what can everyone else do to serve me? And it's very um, egocentric and it's very much like the world revolves around me. And when you look at people like that, you tend to only look at them for what they can do for you and you're using them for how they can help you um, advance in whatever you want to do. And it's a very selfish um, mindset, which is completely against what scripture calls us to live. Yeah, that's probably why so many people are getting hurt and getting burnt out uh, in dating. And it just seems like, you know, in 2019, we have, you know, fistfuls of dating apps to help us get better. We've got personality tests that will help us know ourselves and know other people better. And and yet, you know, the divorce rate stays the same. And uh, it just doesn't seem like we're getting better at this. So um, if we uh, could offer up uh, any wisdom on this? What what would you guys think? Because I'm not uh, I'm not against lists. I know earlier I, I made a comment about lists. I'm not against having a list. I think it matters what's on your list of who you should be dating. So I think the first thing when it comes down to dating is dating is just assessing the suitability of someone to be your spouse. So if you're dating yeah. someone and you intend not to marry them, if you're just dating them uh, just because um, you don't want to be alone or you fear being alone. I feel like you're using that person out of a desperation to fill a hole that they can't fill. And I think that that's ultimately going to come back to haunt both you and them. And it's, it's only going to end in pain. So first I I really believe um, if you're going to date someone, it should be with the intention of moving towards a more permanent goal. Now that doesn't mean, you know, you go out on date one and you're like, all right, so we've got six more dates before I buy the ring. Uh, I think that's kind <laughs> that's of, a good way to scare a girl away, or yeah. girls. That's a good way to scare a guy away too. I mean, yeah, it I mean, both works, ways. That works both ways. Like date one, you should not be like, okay, so I want five kids. I believe this. I want to live here. So, do you fit that picture? No. Yes. No. Okay. Yeah, that's very intense, and that's a lot to offload on a person. Yeah, yeah. there's a difference between being intense and intentional, and I think yeah. sometimes as Christians, that's a difficult balance for us to find even in the way that we think about dating because you can be intentional without being overly intense and scaring the other person away. I also think too, like it may just me be me personally, but I've talked with a lot of like single people in the church. And one thing that they get single people in the church, I feel get asked a lot and have told me they get asked a lot is, Hey, when are you getting married? Hey, are you dating anyone now? And it just like is a push like, oh, you, you got to get married. You got to find someone. You got to find the one that God has for you, implying that like this season of singleness is like not OK. And it kind of focuses the entire season of singleness then on getting out of it, which yeah. is not what the Lord has in Scripture either. Yeah, it's almost like uh, singleness is a curse. Um, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not a curse. Uh, nope. You know, if it was. I don't know why Jesus was single or Paul or a lot of the disciples or other people in scripture. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's go back to, uh, if we're going to have a list, what do you guys think should be on the list? I mean, like, um, just, just so y'all know too, hearing this, that, uh, I am married. I haven't been married very long. I've been married, uh, not even two months yet, but one thing that me and my wife, uh, definitely when we first started dating and first started getting things like squared away of whether or not this is going to work for us was what do you believe? 
and not so much just like, what do you believe? Like, okay, cool, you go to church, but like, what do you truly believe about the Bible? Like, what do you believe serving the Lord means? What do you think that looks like? What do you think being obedient to the Holy Spirit looks like in your life? What are some weaknesses you have with the Holy Spirit? What are some strengths you have with the Holy Spirit? You know, just like different things of just the general concept of like what that person like believes to the core, not just the fact that they go to church and they worship, but what is their personal relationship with God? What does that look like? Yeah, I think going off of that, something else is uh, how much are they living out? Like how much does their relationship with the Lord affect their daily life? Um, I think it should be something that they are persistently pursuing. I think having those core beliefs, making sure that your doctrine aligns, making sure that what you believe about who the Lord is aligns, um, your view on scripture aligns. But then also um, a few scriptures that I think of is like Colossians 3, 12 through 17. It talks about um, as Christians, we should put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, patience. We should bear with one another in love. We should forgive each other. We should let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We should be thankful and that we should let the word of God richly dwell within us and that we should teach and admonish one another. So I think when you're looking to at kind of assessing like, okay, is this someone that I would want to pursue something with checking to see if they are following and living in alignment with those and no, no one's ever going to perfectly live like that. We are still uh, living in a broken world and we still have a sin nature. But I think if they're striving for those things and that's going to be evident in their everyday life and in their interactions with others, um, with how involved they are in the church, um, are they serving actively and using their gifts? Um, are they just kind of sitting by and letting everyone else serve them while they soak in everything and are not like actively a part of that um, building and encouraging one another up? Yeah, and I think, just the fact that someone is willing to commit to a local church actually yeah. shows and demonstrates a lot to you. Uh, it demonstrates the fact that they can commit to something. Um, yeah, for sure. And the fact that they can demonstrate committing to serve other people because uh, because marriage is really, it's about sacrifice. Yes. Uh, and also just full disclosure, uh, Chase is the only one who is married here. Hi, um, I'm married. Yeah, Gabby and I are not married. Nope. I am dating someone, but that doesn't make me more qualified or less qualified, I feel like, to talk about this. Yes, that's that's an accurate thing. Like, being on, I guess we'll say, the other side of the fence, like, actually being married does not, like, discredit what anybody else, like, knows about dating. It just means, like, we went through the process of dating, of finding each other, of learning each other, like, how they serve, how they work, like, how we work together, how we work together as a couple, how we work together for the Lord, and then committing to it, and then going into the covenant of marriage. That's all that means. And yeah, I think it's, I think we probably really overcomplicated this whole yes. dating thing. And I think it's as simple yeah. as, man, be the godliest person that you can be and find the godliest person that you can find and then ask that person on a date and then go on another date if it goes well and then keep going on dates until you're like, I want to commit to this person for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just this idea of, in Hebrews, uh, it talks about running the race that has set before us with Christ. And mm -hmm. anyone who has been following Jesus for a while will tell you that the longer you follow Christ, the longer you serve Jesus, it, it feels like you run like closer and closer to him. And then it's kind of like this idea of like you're running, you're running, and you look to your left and your right. It, just like in the beginning of a race, there's a lot of people, but the closer you get to the finish, there's less and less people because they, they slow down or they get distracted. and you continue to keep running and then all of a sudden it's like 
man, there's a lot less people around me. And that's the same thing when you run towards Jesus. It's like the closer you run to Christ, it seems like there's less and less people. And pretty soon you're going to look to your left or your right and you're going to see someone and you're going to think, man, like, do you want to run with me there? Like, do you want to keep running with me towards Christ? And I think it's as as simple uh, yet profound as that. Yeah, when uh, my parents got married, they had like on their bulletin or whatever at the church, they had the quote or statement. I don't know if it's a quote from someone in particular, but it was that uh, marriage is not two people looking at each other. It is two people who are looking in the same direction. And um, when me and Shelby first started, that's my wife, by the way, uh, when me and Shelby first started dating, one of the things that was very passionate about her and she's very passionate about is things like uh, missions and things like doing a lot of uh, work for for uh, different uh, social work is her degree. So she wants to be involved in a lot of those ministries and a lot of those things that tie to that. And she's like, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go. I want to be able to do this. And when I first started dating her, like we had a very real conversation, like just a very like raw conversation of just, hey, do we fit in each other's picture? Like... So like if someone like wanted, it was like my heart is on the mission field. I have to be there. I have to do that 24-7. That is where God has called me. And despite the fact that that may be the godliest person that that you know and you did ask that person out on a date, if that's not where God has called you to, then that could be a conflict of interest. You know, God could be pulling you to stay at home. He could be pulling you to be just a local pastor here. He could be pulling you to be the best lawyer here. He could be pulling you to be the best clerk that you know here or something like that. And then he could be calling that person to the mission field. And then if you try to force like just because of this, then you're giving up what you could be called to do in favor of the other person. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that marriage is... Like it's ultimately not about us. It's about a display of the gospel and singleness is also a display of the gospel too, just in a different way. But when we, when you enter into that covenant of marriage, you're finding someone who you can co-labor with for Christ. Like you guys are not the goal of marriage and like having this happy Instagram, perfect filter or whatever relationship is not the ultimate goal as believers. Our ultimate goal is Christ and furthering his word and his kingdom. And so I think when you are in that dating process and you're looking and you're kind of saying like, okay, do we fit? Like, are we a good match? Like looking at how you work towards the, like work towards the dream and the passion the Lord has set on your heart for his kingdom. Like, are you guys good co-laborers together? Do you encourage and spur each other on? And kind of like what you were saying, Chase, like, are you headed in the same direction? Cause you can be serving the Lord and the Lord's calling you in different ministries and different things. Um, and not that you're, lives have to align perfectly because that would be weird to date yeah, yourself. For sure. But you can't be dating yourself. No, that'd be weird and boring. Yeah. Um but yeah, just making sure that we keep in mind that we're co laborers and that's who we're looking for is like someone to co labor with for the rest of our lives. Yeah, and just to just to clarify, I kinda got the vibe of what you were talking about there is, you know, if someone has a very distinct and they feel like they're in a very clear, uh, good place with the Holy Spirit telling them, Hey, I'm gonna move to the Middle East, or I'm going to move to Asia to do mission work. Yeah. And you feel like, man, God is not telling me to do that. And you feel very clear and you feel like you're in a place of that. You should not uh, just try to default to one another's position. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good word. And I think that, um, again, like, I think it's, 
it's it's about finding the godliest person that you can and and the best way to determine you know if someone is that is is to look at their life look at what they do uh jesus said that you can uh determine the the health of a tree by the type of fruit it produces or you can tell the type of tree by the type of fruit it produces apple trees are called apple trees because they produce apples yeah um so look at the fruit uh that they produce in their life and i think that uh, I think it's Andy Stanley who said, hey, you know, the people who have the best I do's are when they spent their single season saying, I don't. They spent their season preparing for what was next because every season of life is preparation for something that's coming greater. And uh, you don't want to waste um, your single season uh, not preparing for something, just kind of sitting and hoping that it, it it's going to happen um, or that you're just going to be an amazing husband or an amazing wife or an amazing mother or amazing father one day. Uh, those things take preparation. They don't happen by accident, take intentionality. But um, kind of what I want to ask you guys, I think is maybe the biggest question or the question that you hear the most often is, does it matter if I'm attracted to the person physically or not? Does it matter if I find them physically attractive or is, is that shallow? Is that something that a follower of Christ should look at? Does it have any type of bearing on your choice or your decision? For those of you, because you can't see this, me and Gabby just kind of stared at each other for a second, like, who's going to go first? He's married. I'll let him go first. Okay, so apparently I'm going first. Um trying to gather my thoughts here. Chase is also like really sick right now I'm and he's still a champ and sick. came in to help us record this episode. Way to go, sick. Chase. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all can uh, thank me by uh, getting me a bunch of emergencies and Mucinex. And... I just drank an emergency. I should have uh, offered it to you. Dang I'm it. sorry. That's okay. That's all right. So I feel like when it comes to like the, like finding a person like attractive, you know, like when you look through the Song of Solomon, like it depicts very clearly like the man is... There's some attraction there. There's attraction There's some there. attraction A going on there. A lot of attraction, like, let's be real. The man is looking at his woman and being like, I like that. And then the woman's looking at the man and is like, I like that. So like there's definitely attraction there. However, um... I feel like when you get to know like the personality and like the actual like nature of the person, then that dictates like how attractive someone is. Like like a perfect example is like when I was younger, I dated, I took this girl out on a date for looks because I was like, wow, she's just like beautiful. Like this is great. This is awesome. This was also in like high school, so it was dumb, but that's details. Um, and there was zero connection there there was zero personality like working together there like it was just the most awkward kind of like okay let's look at our phone date and then let's not do this again kind of thing so i feel like when you get to know like the personality of a person that really increases like how attracted you are to someone because like uh, i'm like what drew me to my wife was the fact of like how much she loved to serve like she was always thinking of other people. She was always like pouring into other people. And that's something that like I've really admired about her. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. I love that about her. And it made me want to like pursue her more. And then like when I would go through periods where like mentally I would get depressed or like struggle through something, then she just became just a wonderful like servant and helper in those times. And 
when I would like get on the other side of those moments of like depression and uh, whatever else was going on in my life, I was like, wow, I'm so fortunate that I have someone that is willing to serve me in such a way, you know, find someone that's willing to be like a true helper and a partner. And that made me more attracted to her. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think it definitely plays a role. Um, however, I don't think it should be the forefront and like the thing that people are looking at when they're debating, okay, should I ask this person out or should I say yes if when this person asks me out? Um, I think godly people, um, the closer we get to Christ, the more we're attracted to Christ in other people. Um, so I think as believers, like if we are pursuing the Lord, then what we're going to find attractive in others is God working through them and their lives surrender to Christ. And kind of like what Chase was saying about Shelby is like her servant hearted um, desire and her willingness to serve was she's living out Christ and she's mimicking like what he was doing. And that's the representation of like Christ working in her and her personal walk with him. Um, so I think as you're dating, making sure that your heart is in alignment with the Lord, making sure that you're seeking him and asking him like, okay, help me to be attracted to what you're attracted to. Help me to value what you value. Help my heart to be pursuing the things of you so that when you do, when you are going out with different people or you have uh, friends, like what you're attracted to is ultimately their personality that then makes their physical appearance that much more attractive to you. Yeah. And I think like just on a, brass tacks level like I don't think anyone wants to date someone and the other person's like man I just don't think you're attractive at all like I yeah that's that's accurate I don't know anyone who would be like encouraged by that uh so I what I would say is uh, you guys are definitely 100% both right I think and and Song of Solomon you know Solomon does say you know you're all together beautiful my darling there's no flaw in you and Solomon and are, are both characters uh, that are in the, the poetry there. Yeah. They do list things uh, that they find physically attractive about the other person, but there's also a lot in there too about things that are not necessarily uh, what we would consider like characteristics that he finds really attractive. It's interesting in, in yeah. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, um, there's not really any physical attraction. I don't think actually there's any at all in the whole the whole chapter about the the wife of noble character. But I think like... I think we immediately jump to that is the most important thing that we consider. And that's the most important thing we think about. It's the most important deal breaker. And I'm just saying, um, I think attraction is important. I think you do need to be physically attracted to the person, but I'm just saying attraction starts and then it stops. It's, it's like a, like a gong, you know, it's like super loud when you first hit it. And then it just gets quieter and quieter as you go. And it's a depreciating asset. Like every single day we get uglier. That's true. That um, is that's facts. I work with a lot of older people and Are you saying all your coworkers are ugly? Not all my, no, not my coworkers. Like a lot of my patients have all said, "Yeah, gravity sucks, y'all. Just remember that cuz I'm the youngest person that works there at the center right now in terms of therapy." And they all every like bit of dating advice or like marriage advice I get get is never been focused on like what the other person like looks like. Not to say that, you know, they didn't, they don't find their spouse physically attractive, you know, like I love the way that my wife looks. I think she's a beautiful woman, but that beautiful, being a beautiful woman would mean nothing if she didn't have the right heart, if she wasn't seeking the right things. Yeah. I I think kind of going back to your illustration when you were uh, sick, you know, about being cared for, I saw, um, a couple 
trying to put a newborn baby into their car the other day. And as they were strapping the little guy in, uh, he got a little sick and just vomited. Babies do that a lot. All over himself, all over the door, all over them, on the seat. I was actually amazed there was that much vomit coming out of such a tiny human. Like, where does it all go? They are magical little creatures, man. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, hey, man, like how attractive you find your wife in that moment doesn't help you. Like, yeah, her being serving and caring and nurturing doesn't matter. And him being a leader and cool tempered and being controlled up by the spirit is what's really going to matter and help you in that moment. Yeah. And I think that marriage is a lot more practical uh, than we would like to think. It's more about um, survivability, pragmatism than it is uh, about maybe what media might sell us. But hey, we're starting to run low on time. So um, you guys got any final thoughts? on this if i could give like anything like when you're like thinking of should i date someone or you're in the early phases of dating like don't be afraid to like obviously don't like verbally vomit like your entire life story on them on your first like coffee date out to starbucks but definitely definitely i think like after the first couple like okay we're starting to like get in the groove we're figuring each other out a little bit i definitely think don't like shy away from like heavier questions you know after you start dating for a couple months like don't be afraid to say like hey what are your thoughts on this and just like be a very controversial like hey what do you think about like abortion hey what do you think about politics hey what do you think about this because those little things can like really drive a stake in between like whether or not you two are actually compatible for each other like some big issue topics like that you have to get out in the open and also like things in your past like as you start to develop and grow that relationship don't be afraid to like shy away from the things that like you still struggle with or the things that like you're that you know you struggled with in the past because those things can have a big impact on where you're at now and how your spouse or you're the person you're dating is going to be interacting with you yeah that's really good Um, I think final thoughts for me would just be, I don't think we should be afraid of the friend zone in the sense of being friends first. I think I've seen it happen a few times where you see someone and you're like, wow, they're serving. They love the Lord. I'm going to ask them out. And then you find out that, you know, there's a lot of things that you're just like, oh, okay, maybe not. Um, And so I think something that we kind of as Christians tend to sometimes skip is just being friends first. And so I think there's a lot to be said of if you're interested in someone, start hanging out with them a little bit more, like kind of insert yourself in conversations. Um, And you can find a lot about someone just by the way uh, they interact with their friends, by the way they serve. So um, being friends is not a bad thing first. Um, Yeah, Mm. that's my final thought. Inserting yourself in conversations, but not too hard. Yeah, don't don't be weird. So what I heard was... Be casual about it. Be aggressive, but not like too aggressive. <laughs> no, not too aggressive. Don't scare them away. Don't. But you know. Don't yeah. pounce on them and demand answers from them. Yeah, like Just, a puma would. Don't, no, don't be a puma. Pumas we avoid pumas all the time. We no avoid pumas. them. This is a puma free zone. Yeah, my final thought on this would be um, like just to answer our question, hey, who should I date? Uh, you date the godliest person you can find and you be the godliest person that you can be. And uh, I really don't think you can lose. I think uh, to quote a guy I look to up a lot, uh, or look up to a lot. Um, Jonathan McClure says, Hey, there's never been a divorce between two people completely surrendered to following Jesus. It's never happened ever in the history of forever. Two people fully committed to following Christ have never gotten a divorce. So I think that's what you want to look for, but Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Looking forward for more episodes too.
Absolutely. We are out. Thanks for listening to the LYA podcast. Liberty Young Adults is a ministry of Liberty Live Church in Hampton Roads, Virginia. For more information, check out at Liberty LYA on Instagram, libertylive.church, or check out our Tuesday night, The Voyage Podcast. Have a great week.